This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast. With your host, Jamie Smith. Good evening and welcome to a special transfer deadline day No Near Never podcast. So we're a bit like late starting tonight we had some minor technical issues but my guests tonight are my producer adam howarth daniel bentley thomas pickles james bird and kevin robinson um we'll be covering the transfer window today all the latest done deals as they come in and the three don't win at derby on saturday but to start off as normal let's kick off with the news adam hello um Burnley impressed in a 3-0 away win at Derby on Saturday. An impressive run from Ings ended it with a ball in the net before a, a typical Sam Vokes goal went in off the big man's nose. Jason Shackle uh, completed the st- scoring with a powerful volley from inside the box. After the victory, manager Sean Dice said, This is a tough place to come. Last year Derby had the third best home record in the division. This wasn't about the past, it was about the way we went about our business and, it, and we did that in the correct fashion. It's transfer deadline day today. The two biggest deals of the window have been Gareth Bale's world record move to Real Madrid and Mesut Ozil's club record move to Arsenal. Uh, Bale's deal went through earlier today and Ozil's deal is expected to go through before the 11pm deadline. On the Burnley front, Dice is reportedly looking to add a striker to his squad and reports on the South Coast have said that Brighton have rejected three bids from Burnley for Ash. Uh, striker Ashley Barnes. Nothing's been confirmed yet and Dyche could potentially have other targets besides Barnes in mind. One of those targets could possibly be uh, Man United starlet Jesse Lingard. Journalist Alan Nixon said Man United would let Lingard out on loan to Burnley but quote, not for a while yet. We'll update you with any big transfer news while we're on air. Back to you Jamie. Yeah, well, I've all the done deals as and when they come in. I will be doing a Jim White impression later, so look forward to that. Um, we'll kick things off with reaction to the 3 0 win on Saturday. Excellent performance, and James Bird was there for us. Um, what did you make of the game, James? It was a, a real good team performance. Um, it's one of those games where you can't really say an individual stood out um, because the whole team were, were just as good as each other. Um, special mention, really, to, to Keith Tracy, though, because. While a lot of people would say that maybe he wasn't magic all game, um, he showed a lot of the work that the Keith Tracy of old wouldn't have done. You know, he wouldn't have trapped back all game, um, but he did that on Saturday, and I thought that 
that sort of summed up the way the, the team played. Everyone was putting their shift in. It's interesting that you brought up uh, Keith Tracy already. Um, we always seem to talk about Tracy a lot, but we've already had a comment on Twitter saying that if someone's described him as the perfect combination of a 1999 Ryan Giggs and a 2013 Paul Gascoigne, which sums it up pretty well, I think. Uh, Thomas Pickles, new to the non Ed Ever podcast. Uh, you were at Derby as well at the weekend, weren't you? What did you think of the game? I was, and I thought it was a typical Sean Dice performance. He's getting us playing really, really solidly. Um, and I love that. I think we're not going to concede many goals, and I think that's that's the best way to be in this division. Is that's how to play football, I think, because we're always going to nick a goal. That's how it always feels like. And, and again, like I think back to Sheffield Wednesday, and yeah, it was a bit back to the wall stuff, but we won the game, and we seem to be really, really solid. That's my main thing that I take away from watching us play. Yeah, watching the highlights today when. Um watching the highlights of the game, it was quite clear that we created a lot as well. Not just yeah. through goals. And, uh, Pete yeah. Tracy put some really, really good balls into the box that we could have scored more from. Um, um, was there anyone else you would pick out from Saturday's performance, James? Um, I think it goes without saying. Danny Ings, obviously, uh, with a great goal and could have had a second as well. Um, but I think the, the biggest mention should go to Sam Vokes. Uh, he scored a, what we call a typical Sam Vokes goal in off his face don't really know much about it I hope but we keep count of how many different body parts he's scored with because I'm fairly sure he's up to three already but um, he was unlucky again later in the game and he probably could have had a hat-trick on the day um, if it wasn't for Lee Grant in the derby net yeah Vokes really seems to be coming into his own with the, the run of games he's had Kevin Sam Vokes and Danny Ings are now running at a better than a goal a game for that partnership yeah, yeah, I think um, I think on on the eve of a new season, we we have the special Charlie Austin um, podcast. We were all debating just how how important uh, that partnership would be. We weren't sure how how they would gel together since that we've played all pre season with with Charlie Austin up front. Uh, so yeah, it's been really really encouraging to see that they've both um, stepped up to the plate, but also not, not just individually as a partnership, they're simply playing really well together. They're both offering. Both offering a lot in terms of their own of the of things is grabbing some really good goals, um, and 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 Sam Vox is adding his, himself as well. But we're also playing really well together, which is which is probably the most important thing. I don't think Ings would have got his goals w- without um, Vox's contribution. I'm glad um, you just mentioned that because the, the first Ings goal um, in particular, obviously, it's an excellent solo effort when, when Tracy played him in on the halfway line. He had a lot to do, but it was Sam Vox making the run away from goal, dragging a couple of defenders away, that created all that space for, for Ings to score the goal, James. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you can't really argue with that that kind of movement and what that does for the for the rest of the team. I think that's a big part of uh, Sam's game, you know, as well as winning the ball in the air that quite often sparks off those kind of moves. And Thomas, you were impressed with Scott Arfield as well, weren't you, on Saturday? I, did, I am, yeah, I was. I think he's good. I think. <laughs> he's so surprised. I do, I think, because when he signed, no one was really bothered. It seemed as if, all right, he couldn't get in the Uddersfield team. What do we want him for? But I'm consistently impressed by him. I think, yeah, he's been playing kind of wide left, and I think he'd prefer to play centre mid, but he's really passionate, and he, you know. 
he seems to want us to play football on the floor, and he's he's always he seems to pick out a pass every time, and I really like him. I like his hairstyle as well. Um, <laughs> That's always an important factor in a Burnley player, whether they've got good hair or not. Yeah, he's got great hair. <laughs> um, Have you seen um, Ryan Noble's hair? That's interesting. Ryan Noble, is, James Bird look like. I've been told that Ryan Noble has been modelling himself on James Bird. Isn't that true? Well, that's what that's what Sean Dash said. So, well, that's from the horse's mouth. That, that um, was from, from Sean Dash. Yeah, <laughs> that's an exclusive. No one ever exclusive for you, right there. You don't get that on other Burnley FC podcasts, do you? No, you don't. Um, Daniel Bentley will come to you. Do you think Saturday's was probably our best performance under Sean Dash so far? Uh, based on the 15 minutes of highlights that I've seen, yeah. <laughs> um, just what what impressed me, even just from the, the bits that I've I've seen, is um, is is just work rate and the effort that the the back four are putting in, especially. You know, we don't, sometimes we you know it looks like you, you're just not going to get past Shackle and. And, uh, and and Duff seems to have, um, you know, Duff's come back in, replaced Kevin Long. And uh, it's probably, you know, Long didn't do all that much wrong, but I think the, the shirt going back to the more senior players is, is the right decision there. Well, obviously Long had a poor game um, at Brighton, and that's probably why he lost his place. It's bad timing, I suppose, with Duff coming back. Um, it was an interesting selection, James, with uh, me and Duff both coming back in, but I suppose it was justified in a way with the fact that we did keep a clean sheet, although Derby did quit, c- create quite a few chances. Um, I think it was surprising, really, actually, for me. I saw them back in midweek, and I thought that that was maybe just to give them a bit of game time. Because I didn't really feel uh, Danny Lafferty, at least, had done anything to get dropped. Um, probably not surprising to see Kevin Long out the side after his mistake at Brighton. But I think Danny Lafferty could definitely feel a little hard done by that. Yeah, well, I think Ben Mee played, didn't he, when he was fit most of the time last season. And just to do a related note on the Kevin Long front, Shane Long, uh, not a done deal, but one that looks like it might be on the way. He's going to leave West Brom and go to Hull City, apparently. Um, Kevin, our approach so far this season, you've got points, make. Yeah, I think um, I think last season, everyone who was drawing, um, drawing comparisons to uh, with our approach to that of Steve Cottrell's time, uh, which was obviously not the most inspiring thing to watch. But I think this, this season, uh, after we've been working on it in the summer, I think... It, there's lots of comparisons to draw of actually um, Owen Coyle's approach, which is which is something we definitely would have expected from a, a, a Sean Dyche team. I think uh, we've got that fluidi- fluidity going forward, and we, uh, we can also mix it up a bit. So whilst we have been very good attacking, we can we can knock it about as well if we need to. Um, I think we've also I think what's really good as well we've got a really strong defence this season, uh, which I, don't, I think is much stronger than we had in in Owen Coyle's season. I think. Uh, I think Lafferty and me are just about better than Calvin is and, and um, Stephen Jordan. I think Shackle's better than either Carlisle or Caldwell. And I think Trippier yeah, is obviously much better than, than Michael Duff was at right back. Uh, and I think another standout um, point is that despite despite Ings obviously being so so fantastic this season, we've he's not really been our, our standout, we've not really got a standout player. I think it's been mentioned a couple of times on the podcast already that we are very much a team this season rather than yeah. just being a, of a one player which we were last season. Ings is a funny one really because I think a lot of fans expected him to be 
the sort of main creator and um, and be at the heart of everything that we're doing. But he's not really done that so much, but he has been chipping in with the goals, so it's been a bit of a reversal. Um, obviously, 3-0 was a comprehensive result, James, but it could have actually been more, couldn't it? I mean, um, there was the penalty that shouldn't really have been a penalty, but also Danny Ings had a goal ruled out for offside at the end. That it looked level to me on the highlights. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Danny Ings is offside there. Um, and maybe you could actually say that Junior should have had a girl from that distance as well. Um, but there was a good chance as well from uh, the ball for Dean Marnie from Keith Tracy. And then moments there again, Keith Tracy got it into the box, just missed Ings and Volks probably could have done better with that one. Um, so, I mean, it really could have been six or seven, to be honest. And Derby never really looked like getting into our box. The one time they did, um, obviously their guy dives and they, uh, they get given a, a penalty wrongly. Did you think it was actually a dive? I mean, I've only seen it on the replay on a Claret's player, but to me, it just looked like Shackle came through the ball and then maybe got a bit of the player. It's certainly not foul, but I'm not sure it was a dive. Um, I think he goes to to get Shackle's body. I don't think he's. Uh, I think he could have avoided that, and he does go down a bit dramatically. He was probably shocked he still got a penalty out of it, but I think he does add a little bit to it. What do you think of that, Thomas? Do you think uh, two 0 that penalty was perhaps possibly a turning point if Derby had been able to score from it? Oh yeah, and we'd have, we'd have felt very aggrieved because it was never a penalty in a million years. And then there was a moment where he thought this is typical Burnley because um, we did look so comfortable. And then if they scored that penalty, it all changes and suddenly it's back to the walls a little bit. Um, but obviously, justice came about because it was saved, and, and then we went. And got the third and, and, and it should have been more it could have been more and should have been more Volks had a couple of chances the offside was never offside so it was a it was a good good victory could have been better that's probably the best thing about the result for me I mean to win 3-0 away from home and it, it doesn't flatter us either it could have easily been 4 or 5 um, just I want to come back to Keith Tracy because like I say we do talk about him every week but he seems to be really taking this opportunity, Daniel, that he's, he's had as a result of Ross Wallace's injury. He seems to have really kicked on a little bit in the last few weeks. Um, I'm sure Sean Dyche listened to uh, episode two of the <laughs> No Name Never podcast when I advocated uh, Keith's return to the starting 11. Um, obviously, that's come through the injury of Ross Wallace, but it's, it is fantastic to see... Um, Keith Tracy showing what you know he is really about. Um, some of the, I mean, I, I saw Birdie on, on Twitter while the game was being played and going on about these two passes he made. And in replays, they're absolutely magnificent. Like the one with the outside of his foot is just outstanding play. Yeah, it's like you, you, they're they're world class passes. If you did those in in a you know, if, if Iniesta did those in a World Cup match, you wouldn't be surprised. So he's definitely got the goods. Um, it does seem like, um, you know, he's not 100% match fit. And that, you know, that might still take a good few months because there's a, a lot of uh, work to undo there. Um, but, you know, great football in brain. Um, probably that, you know, the strongest footballing brain we've had at, at the club since Bobby Blake. So, um, yeah, happy to see him in the squad. 
Hopefully he's building up to, obviously, our next game against his old club, Blackburn Rovers, which I'm sure we will talk about either later today or next week. Um, Kevin, you've got a point about it being a whole team performance that was so good about Saturday's result. Uh, yeah, yeah, not just Saturday, but the whole season. Um, I think one of the, one thing what was quite concerning last season is that we, we didn't really spread the goals out as much. But this season we've got 14 goals and eight from eight different players, which I think is really encouraging from the first month. I think obviously Ings has got a lot himself. Ings, uh, Vokes has got a couple. Arfield's um, got one. Tracy's got one. Um, Stanislas has got one. David Jones has got one. Uh, Shackle got one on the weekend. The goals are really spread out throughout the team, which I think is a really encouraging sign. Absolutely. I mean, talking about replacing Austin was one of the things I think everyone was worried about. Um, so, yeah, everyone pretty happy with that Derby result. If you've got comments about Derby, feel free to jump in on the live chat or if you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag NNNPod and we'll read out your comments as well. Um, we'll move on to the quiz now. Cue the music, Adam. <laughs> the quiz last week was a little bit of a disaster. I've probably pitched it a little bit more difficult. So I've tried to come up with a slightly easy one, but it's a little bit complicated to, to explain the parameters, so please stick with me. Um, right, 30 Burnley players have made 100-plus league appearances for the club since 2000. However, the only way I was able to get this to work was that players who started playing for us before 2000 count if they were still playing for us after 2000. Does that make sense? It's only their appearances since 2000 or... No, they all count. So, for instance, someone signed for us in 96 but left in 2001. If they still get to 100, then it still counts. So, anyone who's got to 100 since 2000, basically, and all all my stats are correct um, at the start of this season. So, any appearances made this season don't count. Um... Hopefully that all makes sense. So we will kick things off, I think, with Kevin. Would you like to have a guess? 100 plus league appearances. Okay, um, I'm going to go with uh, quite an obvious one. Start off with uh, with the beast, Brian Jensen. That's a very good guess, and he is right up at the top there with 271 league appearances. I can tell you he's actually right at the top. Um, does someone want to have a guess at who would be next on that list? James, maybe? Next, Uh, Robbie Blake. Robbie Blake is definitely on the list, and he made 242 games, but he's not quite next. And I was wrong, actually. Brian Jensen wasn't top. I don't understand the the question. Let me explain the question again, because I don't think I did a very good job of it. Anyone who has passed 100 league appearances for the club since 2000. So some of those those games can be before 2000, as long as they pass the landmark after 2000. Glenn Little. Glenn Little is up there, 246, so he's another right at the top. We still haven't got the top one. Anyone want to have a guess at who's top of that list? Me, me, me. Graham Alexander. 287 games. Graham Alexander? Graham Alexander is only 154, but he is on the list, so I'll take him off. Amadou Sonoko. (laughs) Not on the list. I think I've got one. Can I? Is it Michael Duff? Michael Duff is 256, so he's right up there, but he's not the top answer. And we've had someone on the chat that says Chris McCann, who is also one of the top scores on 238, but he's still not the top answer. Oh. Um. Alright, we'll come back to the top answer so, a little bit later. Sorry, but, anyway, um, wait, um, quick on. question. What happens if they sign before 2000? 
hit 100 appearances before 2000 and continued appearing. Does that count? Oh, yeah, yeah, they definitely count. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. How about Graham Branch? Sorry, who was that? Graham Branch. Graham Branch. Graham Branch is right up there, 264, but he's oh. not the top answer. Is Andy Payton. No, I... Are you... Payton's on the list, 156, but he's not the top answer. Are you including Marlon Beresford in this? Because he came back and played in the early 2000s. I am, and that's an excellent answer. Marlon Beresford is top because he passed. He was over 100 after 2000, and he made 287 league appearances for the club in total. There's one more player who's got more than 200 and... In fact, there's three more over 250. Paul Weller. Paul Weller is one. He had 252. There's some more guests on the chat, and one has got one of the top scores. Steve Davis, right there at the top. Steve Davis, not two, of course. Martin Patterson was 130 when he left this summer. So he's on the list. Um, Wade, he must have over 200. Wade Elliott, yep, 252. What about Super Lenny John Rose? Lenny John Rose isn't on there, I'm afraid. He must have been a little bit too early. I can tell you there are two current players on this list. Oh, Michael Duff. Have we said Duff? Duff's already gone, but he was one of the current players, yeah. Graham Branch's already gone. Adam on the chat. Uh, Ross Wallace, is he over 100? Ross Wallace, yep, 120 at the start of the season. So there's one more current player, and then we'll come back to it a little bit later. Dean Marnie? Dean Marnie, that's the Whoa. one. 111 appearances. So we'll come back to the quiz a little bit later. Keep your guesses coming in. Um, anyone with over 100 league appearances that's been playing for us since 2000, I'm hoping that's a player from the way I've explained it. And we've got a done deal for you coming in as well. The done deal... Fanfare might not be available to happen at this moment, but Scott and Wingy has signed for Cardiff City, so that's an exciting one. We will keep you up to date with all the done deals as and when they come in. Uh, now, talking about transfer activity, I want to talk about our, our summer deals as a whole, and um, I want to get your assessment of how we've been doing over the summer. Um, we'll kick things off with Tom James, you were a, a massive advocate of Lee Grant. Do you think Heaton's been a a reasonable replacement or maybe even better than Lee Grant? Um, I think at this point it's hard to say whether he's, he's better. He's not really faced the same volume of shots that we uh, we saw Lee Grant getting peppered with early last season. Um, but he's shown that he's more than capable, I think. Um, clearly good from the penalty spot. Uh, and he commands his area well. He doesn't really come for many crosses, but I think that was also something you could often say about, about Lee Grant. But I think, mean, in a way, maybe if you consistently don't come for crosses, that's probably better than sometimes coming, sometimes not. I think that's a good point. And he, he saved a couple of penalties already, which I think is a promising sign. So maybe he's actually a fairer comparison to, to Brian Jensen. What do, you, what do you think of Heaton so far, Thomas? I think Heaton is better than Lee Grant. I'll say it. Um, I never rated Lee Grant, to be honest. Good goalkeeper, but. I think Heaton is an improvement, and Heaton does come for crosses. I think Heaton imposes himself much more within the six-yard box. And yes, he's playing in front of a much better defence, and, and I don't think we can discount that. Um, but 
I'm so impressed with him. I think he's fantastic. I really do. He seems to be a very assured presence and certainly what's a big part of what's been a very strong defensive unit so far. Um, Kevin, it would have been easy for the defence to take a while to settle under Heaton at the back, but they seem to have adjusted quite well to having a different goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he seems to be a calming influence, and I think he's he's definitely been um, a very big factor towards our, our strong start. I think the, the defence has been kind of the backbone of the team, which is always important. I think he's been the backbone of the defence, so I think he's definitely a, a really impressive signing. Uh, I think a few people were maybe a little bit doubtful because he'd not done much at Cardiff apart from that that uh, big that big fall in Wembley, and then um, and then he, obviously it was with a relegated team last season in his first full season at clubs. So people were wondering if he if he had it in it to play consistently well, but I think so far he's he's done really well. And what about you, Daniel? What do you make of Tom Heaton so far? Um, I think the big. I don't think there's much in. Um, much in it ability-wise between Heaton and Grant. All I'll say is that Heaton's had a much better start than Grant, and once Burnley fans have their opinion of a player, it's very hard to change that opinion, even if they're putting in still performances. So in Grant's last season, he was absolutely fantastic, but there were still people berating him. So... I think Heaton's just had the advantage of a, of a, a better start. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's just a light-for-light light replacement, but very good business there. I think that's a good point about his start. You certainly, Lee Grant did take a long while to, to win a lot of fans over, shall we say, and there's still some fans now who would argue that he wasn't very good, even though he won some Player of the Year awards quite deservedly last year. Um, we'll move on to David Jones as the... Simon, he's probably made the next biggest impact this year. Probably a, a light-for-light replacement for Chris McCann, James. What do you make of Jones? Um, I've been really impressed with him. He's ten times the player that um, Chris McCann has been in the last two seasons, in my opinion. Um, though I think he did have probably his worst game for us on Saturday. Um, as I said, it was a, a great team performance. But he, he did seem a, a little sloppier than before. And I think partly that was because we were playing very deep in the centre of midfield. And I don't think that particularly suited his game. What about you, Kevin? Do you think Jones is an improvement on McCann? I think Jones is potentially the signing of the summer so far. Um, obviously, I was I was very critical of Chris McCann. Um, so much so that um, I had a real ear bashing from Brian Jensen um, at the end of our season when I, when I wrote a piece about McCann on the site. But I think um, I think like like James says, uh, I think Jones gives us that bit of bite in the middle of midfield, which we really lacked last season. I thought that last season the centre midfield position was our biggest problem. I think most of our problems stemmed from having not much strength in there, and I think Jones gives us that. Yeah, I think Jones and Marnie's partnership's obviously working quite well so far. Um, Thomas David Jones, what do you make of him so far? Is he been a good replacement for Chris McCann? Yes, he has. And I think he's a brilliant foil for Dean Marnie. I think Marnie wasn't helped out by McCann to play the game that he wants to play. And Marnie and uh, Jones have really hit the ground running. I'm really impressed with Jones. I agree with Kevin. He really could be the signer of the summer. He, he seems like a complete steal. Uh, good on the deck and, and he pings the ball about and he seems to be always available for a pass. And he adds that bit of steel again. And he lets Marnie do what Marnie does. Um, I think Marnie had too much responsibility last season. 
I think Marnie and Jones is just a, a better combination as well. They're better suited to each other than maybe Marnie and McCann were last year. Um, Jones and Marnie then, Daniel, that combination, do, does that mean we can play as a 4-4-2 better well, that's, than we could last year? Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my point. Um, the fact that we can go 4-4-2 away from home or 4-1-1 or 4-4-1-1 or whatever, um, but play a four-man midfield away from home and win comfortably just just about sums it up, really. Um, when we had McCann, I think he was always considered more um, of the attacking threat than Marnie. Um, so it was always like McCann was encouraged to be more forward of, of the two and Marnie to hang back. Um, and I think having Jones in fr- has freed Marnie up considerably to, to get forward and attack more. And there was flashes of that on uh, on Saturday. And I, I think it, it's only gone, to, you know, they, 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 they complement each other well, clearly. I think it's probably a combination that will get better the, the more games they play together as well. Um, the third player I want to bring up is Scott Arfield, who didn't make a huge impact in his first few games, but he started the last couple after Ross Royce's injury. Uh, he came in after the, his little cameo against Yeovil. Um, James, Scott Arfield, has he been an improvement on maybe Martin Patterson, who's perhaps his light-flight replacement? Um, in that <coughs> sorry, in that role, I think, uh, yeah, probably. Because um, it was almost a, a waste of Martin Patterson playing him as just someone who you want to aggravate your opponent and chase. Um, I thought Arfield was quite poor at Brighton, but apart from that, I've, I've been really impressed with him. And um, you, you spoke a little bit about Arfield earlier on, Thomas, but you're quite impressed with him so far. And he's keeping Junior Stanley for that team at the moment. Yeah, and quite rightly so. Uh, Junior Stanislas is the slowest fast player I've ever seen in my life. So I can understand Arfield <laughs> keeping him out of the team. He's Arfield's... so deceptively slow, isn't he, Stanislas? He's fairly quick, but doesn't look Yeah, it. yeah. Um, so I, I'd have Arfield ahead of Stanislas because I think Arfield, low centre of gravity, he's, he's tricky, he's a, he's a nippy little player and he's got a trick and off the ball, he, he's... He's really, really good off the ball, which which I think is just as important in a Sean Dyche side. Uh, we've got a transfer rumour, which is true, apparently, I'm being told. Romelu Lukaku might be going to Everton. I assume that would be a, a loan deal. Uh, and that's on the BBC, so there might be something in that. Um, Kevin just because of how bad his penalty was. Possibly, that was fairly terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was dreadful. That, that was it's only a young lad and he's lost the European... Um, trophy with a penalty, so let's not be too harsh on him. He's a good player, the carcass. Leave him alone. Serves him right. So it wasn't. It wasn't. Worst penalty. Penalty. Was it as bad as? Was it as bad as Gifton No Williams? No, Gifton's was brilliant. He <laughs> was trying to hit the roof of the cricket ball stand. He was trying to hit the roof. Um, Kevin, I just want to. <laughs> yeah, it was unlucky. Uh, Kevin, I just want to come to you on uh, Keith Tracy. Actually, who I keep coming to you on Tracy because you were so critical of him a few weeks ago. Has he proven you wrong yet? And do you think Tracy and Arfield is potentially a better combination on the wings than Stanislas and Wallace? What we start the season with? Uh, yeah, I um, I loved the comment at the start of the uh, the podcast about him being a mix between somebody somebody else and, and Paul Gascoigne. I thought that was really fitting. Um, he, he, he's doing well so far, which is which is good. 
I was I was doubtful he could do, but he, he's doing well. But the real test will come in a month or so if he's still doing it. Um, but I've got no complaints at the moment, which is which is a good thing because, I was, like I say, I was very very critical of him. And on our field as well, he's, he was quite underwhelming when he signed, I suppose. But Daniel, do you think that our field's done quite well recently? And that means that we maybe don't need to bring in a winger to replace Wallace when he's injured. Um, I wouldn't say no to a winger, uh, but I also don't think it's um, it's it's is as much of a concern. He, he definitely um, is right to be keeping. Uh, Stanislas out out the team. He's much more positive player, um, a lot less introverted. Um, is you know he plays much more with his head up and looking to get forward. Whereas Junior has got a lot of technical ability, but sometimes he'll get his like head down a lot and and try too much with his feet. So yeah, I mean he looks solid. I, I'd heard nothing about him before. He came to us, and it's a it's a very pleasant surprise. You've got a point to make on our field as well, Kevin. Yeah, it seems what um, what Dan, a few people have said so far that I think when he when we did when he did come in, it was it was very underwhelming. I think a lot of fans uh, were pointing the finger and saying, "This is the standard we're going at. We should be looking at higher than this, etc., uh, etc." Et but I think the players who are around the squad are just as important. Uh, as, as a player in your first eleven, and Arfield is the perfect player to have around our squad. I think um, he he really complements the players. He's he really versatile. As we've seen, he can play in the centre, but he can also play on the left wing. He can play on the right wing, and that's so important to a play, to a squad to quite a small squad like ourselves. And he seems like the perfect player for for our team. He's not, but he's certainly not a world beater. But it seems like Steve, uh, like Sean Dash is going to football manager, going to the you know the, the complicated search where you can put in certain attributes, and he's found the perfect player to kind of, to kind of offer something different to to what the rest of the squad's got. Uh, so yeah, I think he's a really really good signing as well. Um, I was going to come round to a point on Junior Stanislas, but I, I think people are going to bad mouth him, so I'm just going to skip that. Um, Adam's been on. What the... are you going to say? <laughs> I, I was going to say that I think Stanislas benefits when he has a run in the side and I think he, was, he had one bad game and got dropped and I don't think that's the way to manage a character like that. I understand that that Arfield's done quite well. Yeah, I'm getting on <laughs> my soapbox to talk about Stanislas. Arfield's done quite well but I, I'm not convinced he offers as much going forward as Stanislas and I think Stanislas has got that ability to create something from nothing and he'll win again. I'm finished now. <laughs> Stanislas is a like a one game in in three man though. Well, he that is. is we've said this before. If it was a one game in two man or a good game every week man, then he wouldn't be playing for us. He's not going to be playing every week and be playing for a, a club like Burnley. It's just not going to happen. So you have that, to accept that sometimes he's going to be a bit ineffective. And you can pick someone like Arfield. You can pick someone like Arfield who's going to get up and down and he'll be energetic and he'll provide more in that sense. But if you want a match winning combination, a contribution. Then Stanislas is your man. That's my point. And I've finished on Stanislas. That's it. That's all I've got to say. Anyway, we'll move on. Everyone's gone quiet. <laughs> Thank you.
Do let us know what you think of uh, Junior as well, especially if you agree with me, please do. If you're listening on Twitter, uh, the hashtag is NNNPod, and on the live chat we just had Paul, who says Junior needs games, and if he played every game he could become top player, which is just what I said. So thank you very much, Paul. Let's go back to the quiz. Um, right, the quiz question, if you missed it earlier, was players who have got to 100 league appearances or more since 2000 and I can tell you there's about 15 players left on the list including some promotion heroes a bit of a clue there I think we've lost James but have you got a guess for me there Thomas um, promotion squad yep Christopher Eagles nope afraid not oh well has <laughs> as Steve Caldwell been said yet Steve Caldwell just about links on with 104 appearances. He's definitely on the list. Clark uh, Carlisle. Clark Carlisle as well, 131. So the two defenders from Wembley are both on there. And I think that's it from the Wembley team. But there's, there's still quite a few more recent players and a couple more historical ones as well. We've had a couple of guesses. Chat Caldwell's already gone. But um, there's plenty more to so keep your guesses coming in on the chat. Adam, have you got any more guesses? Chaplow. Chapo's not on there, he didn't get to 100. Kevin's gone as well, so we're down to just the, the three of us. They're dropping uh, like flies, I don't know where they've all gone. You got any Graham more guests, Branch. Daniel? Graham, Graham Branch. Branch. Branch went early, he was definitely on there, but he has gone. All right. I'm I've got a guess. Go on. Bezart Bruce. Brilliant. Stop reducing the quiz to fast. Serious guesses. What about Dean West? Dean West is on there, 158 games. He's one of the top ones left on the list. And we've had a guest from Adam on the live chat. Paul Smith is an excellent shape. Must have just gone over the 100 mark after 2000, the left-back Paul Smith, who went on to become a fashion. We've got man. lots of comments ah, on um, Junior Stanislas from, on Twitter. Oh, go on then, you can do the okay. comments on Twitter. Um, Jacob N. Twistle says, uh, he's sometimes good, sometimes average. That's fair enough. Um, this guy, who's called Jordan Ingle, um, said, uh, I think he's a decent player who can pl- uh, offer us something going forward, just not consistent enough. Um, Stuart Gaynor said, he's unlock- unlucky to be dropped, but can have a great impact as a substitute against tiring defensives. Um, I think that's all fair enough. Um, the thing about Stanislas as well, just to come back to... The, the Brighton, not the Brighton game, the Derby game on Saturday, it was Stanislas who set Ings up for what should have been the fourth. So even though he only came on for a little bit, he did have a positive impact. And I think James said earlier, we've lost James at the moment, but James pointed out that he could have had a shot, but he did play Ings in and he was onside, so he did okay. Um, let's go back to the quiz. We've had a couple of correct answers from Adam on the live chat. He says, Jay Rodriguez, who got to 105 before he was sold to Southampton, and he's also gone in there with Micah Hyde, who was also just about over 100. He got to 102. So there's nine players left on the list. Any more guesses? James Bird, you have returned to us. You might have missed a few of the guesses there, but we've got nine players left on the quiz. I've, I've missed loads, because the last I was going to do was goad you when you were talking about Junior Stanislas and say he's no Keith Tracy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't have a clue who's gone yet. So Paul Cook. 
Paul Cook's an excellent guest, 146 games. I thought you'd left, James, because I was disagreeing with you about Junior. I thought you'd gone off in a hole. No, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> stick the knife in, and then I got disconnected. So, has anyone said Chris Brass? They haven't. Chris Brass got to 134. That's a very good guess. Yes, I my thought, hero. <laughs> I thought Brass might be one of the last ones to go. And Adam again. Adam's been a very good guesser on the chat so far. He says Tony Grant. Who got to 141? I used to love watching oh, Tony Rand play. Yeah. Six did, um, players left. Did Eddie Ekinbay creep in there? He did. He got to 109 in his two spells. So there's five left. Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball. Paul's just said Kevin Ball on the chat as well. Ball, not oh, over 100. No, but you're wrong, Paul. Steve oh. Jones. <laughs> this one says Steve Jones. He's incorrect, but I don't think anyone said him. Andy correct. So James O'Connor is correct, 130-odd, because I deleted the last number. Um, four to go, then, and two of them are left-backs. John Harley. John Harley yeah, is correct, yeah, 119. So. Stephen Jordan? Nope. Gary Parkinson is incorrect, Paul. Three players Paul left. Mora. Nope. Earlier. Briscoe. Correct, 106 for Lee Briscoe. I remember, do you remember that game at home when Stan Turner was in charge and he put Briscoe on? And he scored twice from left back. It's bizarre. Briscoe got booed onto the pitch because it was a defensive change, and he ended up scoring twice. Really strange game. Um, two to go then. One a striker, one a goalkeeper. Nick Macopoulos. Nope. Oh. I can't wait. James hasn't got this. That's a, that's a terrible answer. Lee Grant. No. Lee Grant's correct. So that's one left, and he's got 192 games. He's a striker. Yep. Played 192 times. Yep, and it was a very expensive signing for us as well. Ian Moore. Ian Moore. Now Ian Thomas Moore, of course. Thomas. So that, that rounds off today's quiz. Thanks for everyone who played along. I think that went pretty well. We got all the answers, so congratulations. A round of applause. I'm glad we got through that because last year was tough. But it was really difficult. Um, we'll have another quiz for you next week. If you want to make my job a little bit easier, feel free to email in a quiz question at <laughs> blog at nonenever.net. Um, I know people love setting quizzes, so feel free to get in touch. Um, right then, Player of the Month. We are teaming up with the Burnley Express this season for a new Player of the Month. Um, award and the voting is now open. You can vote on Twitter by using the hashtag ClaretsPOTM and if you add your comments as well then we'll publish the best on the site and they might even get in the paper. Um, voting open Saturday after the, the Derby full-time whistle went and closes Wednesday night. So get your votes in before then. Just one vote per person though. Don't try and cheat the system because that won't be fair. Um, we'll go through the panel now. Kevin, I think we might have lost again. So we'll start with you, James. Who's your player of the month for August? Um, Brian Stock. No, get it. Um, <laughs> Brian Stock is sexiest player of the month. Let's not go there. Let's no, not go gone, there. Not again. <laughs> Look, Jamie, what you think about the very players, I don't think any of us need to know. Um, oh, this is hard. I had thought of someone before and I've completely forgotten. Um, you were told to prepare for this question. It shouldn't be I'm, coming, does it? Do you, want, do you want me to come back to you? I can no, come back. No, to okay, I've, I've, I've got it. Uh, Keith Tracy. Oh, no. Keith, just, because, really? oh, just because it's it's a great turnaround and it's it's really pleasing to see. And if I think it, if, no. if he keeps putting in that that effort, he'll uh, 
to go along with us. So Mark This, isn't the, this isn't the most improved player awards. This is the best player <laughs> awards. Yeah, I think Daniel's got a point. This isn't the player who surprisingly made a contribution that we thought wasn't going to play at all. Best player. <laughs> those, those two passes alone get him enough <laughs> points. Are you, are you actually going to vote for Keith Tracy then? On I'm actually, actually going to vote for Keith Tracy. I'm, I'm Fair sure. enough. Um, Daniel, you obviously don't agree with Keith Tracy. Who's your choice for player? Uh, I'm, there's, there's two obvious candidates, and I'm, there's really not much in it. Um, but other than the fact that you know he's, he's, he's had a, a, a bad history with injuries... And he's still a young lad, and he's scoring for fun. It's going to be Danny Ings. I think Ings is the outstanding candidate, obviously. Is it five goals he's got already by the end of all an outstanding contribution? And he's already almost doubled his um, contribution in his whole career so far. Um, Thomas, who's your player of the month, then? Uh, I answered on Twitter. I answered Jason Shackle. I think he has rejuvenated our back line. I think he's... He, he he's potentially a great Burnley captain. Uh, some of the blocks he puts in, he's like a brick wall. He, he's a man mountain and he talks. And yes, Ings has been superb and Ings is a very, very close second and I love Danny Ings. But um, I think Shackle, I like him a lot. I think he's well good. I agree with you. I thought, I've only seen the highlights from Derby, but it was outstanding on them. I mean, the tackle for the penalty... It's a fantastic challenge. It's a travesty that that was a penalty. And he made another in the penalty box in the, the first half, I think, that was possibly yeah. even a goal-saving challenge. And an excellent finish as well for the third goal, just to run oh, yeah. it yeah, yeah. But I think with Shackle, he's just made such a difference that he's a calm influence. He's comfortable on the ball so he can set the tempo from the back. He organises everyone really well. And I think you're absolutely right. He can be the next great Burnley captain following on from players like Steve Caldwell in recent years. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, what was that? You just make some sort of noise there, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Go on, then carry on. I think he's better than Coldwell, but that's a personal. Oh, yeah. uh, Coldwell's yeah. obviously got the promotion on his record. Oh yeah, yeah. If, of course, of course. If Shackle could match that, then he would certainly be up there. And Adam, I'll come to you. Um, your player of the month, just to round off the panel, because we've um, lost Kevin again. I'm going to be boring and go for Danny Ings again because he's just improved so much. Well, he's shown his potential uh, so far this season and he seems like he's not going to stop anytime soon. So, Danny Ings. So, yeah, I, I thought Ings and Shackle were going to be the two outstanding candidates and it seems like our panel's gone for those, but if you disagree, you can have your say. Like I say, voting on Twitter this time. <laughs> voting on Twitter through the hashtag ClaretsPOTM. And um, add your comments as well, and we'll get the best ones on the site when we announce the winner on Thursday, and they'll be on the in the Burnley Express as well. That'll be in Friday's paper, I think. Um, in the future, we're hoping to get um, we're hoping to get a poll on the Burnley Express website, so it'll be easier to vote. But we haven't been able to get that sorted for this month, so that will be next month. But yep, get your votes in for Player of the Month. Um, I'm excited to see what the result is, and we will have a trophy at the end of the season as well. So that's something to look forward to. Um, just to round off for this month, for this week's podcast, even one of the things that I want to talk about is Sean Dyche so far. Public opinion seems to be changing of him a little bit, and there were even chance of Ginger Mourinho at Derby on Saturday. Do you think, James, that he started to win people over with the start of the season that we've had? Um, I think he is. Though I have heard the Ginger Mourinho chant before, um, 
I think Millwall last year, um, at Millwall, obviously, um, was somewhere I heard it. But yeah, I think he's, he's turning fans' opinion around. Um, though I'm not sure that many of the opinions were actually just to start with. I don't think there was any evidence that he's a you know a boring defensive manager. He hasn't really managed much to start with. Um, but obviously he came in, our problem was conceding, so he, he fixed that. I mean, that's what any manager would have, you hope, looked at first to fix, because that was what the problem was. It was tricky, wasn't it? Because like you say, he had to come in and fixing the defence was a priority, but maybe we did go a bit too far the other way and were a bit too defensive at times. But this season, we're keeping the ball on the floor a lot more, which I think is very important with the players we've got. And obviously, we keeping clean sheets and scoring goals at the other side, so it seems to be going very well. Um, Thomas, are you a Sean Dyche fan? Oh, big style. I agree with James. Big style. <laughs> on, uh, big style. On Eddie Howe's departure, the next manager had to secure up the defence and, and, and Dyche remedied that straight away. Uh, and then it's been a work in progress and it still is. And we're starting to see the fruits now of a more secure side. And I don't think we play hoof ball or, or cotter ball or all this stupid stuff. Um, I think we play some decent stuff and create some good chances. And that is all now on a foundation that was set when Daesh first got into the first got into the dugout. Um, and that had to be done. Uh, yeah, last season wasn't brilliant. Uh, everyone, everyone would say that. Last season was a, you know, wasn't brilliant. But, like I say, had to be done. And now we're playing some good football. And, and I love Daesh. I think he's he's using that blueprint of of the championship success be solid I think that's a good point I mean you don't have to be a free scoring to have success in this division we saw Hull and Cardiff last season were both sort of grinding out a lot of results especially Hull who won a lot of games 1-0 I think um, Daniel do you think that the way the, the season's going so far has been the difference or is it just the fact that Sean Dyche has been able to impose his own ideas over the summer and that's why we've been so improved this season? I mean, at, at this stage of the season, you know, the, the league table and results uh, only, t- you know, tell you a very small part of the picture. Um, what I actually think is, if you listen to what the players have been saying, um, in, you know, in like post-match interviews or like, you know, the, they talk about how much they're like playing under Daesh or what Daesh is doing for them and, you know, there's a big concentration on fitness within the squad, which was, you know, it has been a problem for a, a long time now. You know, we've not had a fit squad for a, a very fit squad for a good while, anyway. Um, and then, you know, you, the uh, the Keith Tracy interview where he was saying, like, you know, there's a there's a new sports scientist in, and um, uh, Daesh has like had him in his office and spoken to him and tried to get his head on straight about his kid and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's the big positive that I take at the moment. You know, obviously Eddie Howe had his own personal issues going on while he was there, so maybe didn't have the the time and attention to to give to Keith Tracy. So that's that's the big positive I take him so far this season from uh, what Daesh is doing. Well, on Tracy, it's difficult to to know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but obviously um, 
Dyshall's been able to work with Tracy and he seems to be we keep saying he seems to be turning a corner but we we can't um, judge Tracy properly until we're a bit further into the season I think so we'll just have to wait to see how that goes but on the fitness point I think you're absolutely right that especially with us having such a small squad at the moment it's vital that these players are going to be able to play 90 minutes twice a week um, Thomas, do you think us having such a small squad this season is going to be beneficial in a way, in that everyone knows they're going to be involved every week? Yes, I do. Uh, it's, it's a small squad, but we've seen that we c- substitutions can come on and change games. It's not threadbare. Yeah, we, we need some players to come in. Of course we do. But you can see the team spirit in the squad. You really can. Uh, Dash, you know, high-fiving all the players at the end of the Derby game and, and coming up to the fans and, and you get a real sense that everyone's playing for each other and and I would be wary of, of bringing in too many players I mean I know that's not going to happen because it's, it's Burnley FC we're talking about but the, 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 the base of the squad we've got I'm really impressed with the team spirit and, and it really counts for a lot because like you say everyone knows they're going to be involved and, and that's good Well exactly and um, I'm sure we'd all love a couple of players to come in and It'll be different when injuries and suspensions maybe bite a little bit later in the season. But for now, it's obviously working quite well. And Wallace has been out, and that doesn't seem to have made that yeah. big of a difference. Yeah. Um, just to come back to you, James, do you think a striker or a winger would be the, the player you want to bring in? Obviously, it seems to be interesting, Ashley Barnes, but maybe gone a bit quiet. I'm not sure we're going to get that one done tonight. What sort of player do you think we should be looking to get? I, I think one of, one of those two. Um, obviously, we're a bit short on wingers now with. With Ross being out, and we may might have been one shot anyway because our field's more of a, a utility man than a, an out and out winger. Um, but I don't think it looks like we fancy really using Ryan Noble. Um, so someone else to help bosh the goals in would be good, I think. <laughs> well, Ryan Noble was apparently supposed to be for the development squad, wasn't he? So I think it stands to reason that we will be looking to get another striker at some point. Obviously, the loan window does open again soon, so it's not true traumatic if if nothing happens tonight and it doesn't look like anything is going to happen but we'll have to wait and see I think we'd also be quite happy as long as we do keep hold of Danny Ings and Kieran Trippier there were some rumours earlier today and I do stress that rumours is the operative word there there were rumours that Cardiff maybe wanted to take in there and they were going to let John Brayford go who they only signed this summer so it was a very strange one but well they Thomas, were in the Daily Mail to be fair it, it, I think that did come from the Daily Mail, so yeah, you can judge that one for yourselves. Thomas, do you think overall our transfer business this summer's gone quite well, even though we've lost Austin and not really replaced him? The fact that Sam Volks and Danny Ings have stepped up has covered that up for now. Yeah, I do. I, I think we've adequately replaced the goalkeeper and Chris McCann with Heaton and Jones. Uh, I'm impressed with our field. Um, I do think we'll, we need a striker. I don't think we'll bring a striker in to replace Austin. I think it'll be a, a young, probably a, a Premier League loanee um, to just cover Ings primarily and maybe fill in for Volks, although Volks obviously with his record will stay in the squad, stay in the team, sorry. Um, I am more than happy with the, with the dealings Dash has done this summer. I think I'm really impressed, to be honest. Like we say, Dave Jones is brilliant. So... Um, Yes, in a word, yes. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm glad you didn't just say one word because it, it makes it really difficult to host the podcast when you ask a question and someone just says yes. So thanks for elaborating on that. Um, on the point of the, the Premier League loans, it was interesting. I think Adam touched upon it in his news. There was rumour on Twitter from a journalist that Jesse Lingard from Manchester United might be coming on loan, but that wouldn't be for a couple of weeks maybe. So that's one well, to keep an eye on. I think it'll, I think it'll be a player who nobody has heard of. As in, I've never heard of Jesse Lingard from Man United, and it would be someone like that—a young, a young eighteen-year-old loanee who we never heard of before. I think you're probably right, and the fact that the the team has done so well to start with means that maybe we don't have to look to improve on any of the starting eleven. Do you think yeah. that's fair, James? Do you think anyone who comes in will be as cover rather than to replace anyone from the team? Um. Barring a, a drastic change in form, I think that's that's definitely going to be the case um, because he's you know the, the side at the moment is, is settled, it's doing well, and I think Sean Dash is clearly happy with the, the formula he's got there. So I do think any any extras are, are just going to be support. You know they're going to join join the bench. I think with the likes of Stock Edgar um, and just give us a bit some bit something different if we want it. I think it is important that we get a couple in though, isn't it? Because there isn't too many options on the bench, especially if we are chasing the game. Uh, we do have a little bit of news is coming in from Chris Borden of the of the Burnley Express who says the pursuit of Ashley Bur- Ashley Barnes, sorry, the Brighton forward, is dead in the water. So I, d- I don't think Brighton were ever keen on selling Barnes, so it's probably never a goer. Um, probably looking at loans now, so. Might have to wait and see on that one, but we'll bring you any news as and when it comes. Um, Daniel, what sort of player, if you were Sean Dash, would you be trying to bring in? I, I personally think pace is a bit of a deficiency in the squad. Do you think maybe a quick player to bring in off the bench would be a good addition? Yeah, you know, the um, a lot of time Martin Patterson was used um, as a substitute or, you know, Chris Eagles would come on at, at 70 minutes to, to run at a tired defence, so... Maybe like some young lad from a Premier League squad, although we've not had a ton of success with those in recent years, really. You know, I was always, I, I think a few of us were very excited when Nathan Delfonso came to us and he scored after four minutes and then he was absolute bobbins. Um, same with John Gadetti, who's actually turned out into turned out to be quite a good player, but again, didn't set the world on fire at Burnley. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we do need some sort of... Um, a, bit, a bit of pace and someone who can play wing or forward to, to back up both those positions. It, it's difficult, isn't it, though, when you're looking for someone who's versatile like that. When James has just mentioned on the chat that Savon Hines was supposed to be that sort of player, someone who's an option wider up front. Another one from the last couple of years, Cameron Stewart, came on loan as someone who could play up front out wide, turned out with rubbish both. Dane Richards was supposed to be able to play up front and out wide, he was rubbish at both. So it is tricky. Um, just to come back to the point Thomas made earlier, um, as far as the young players from the Premier League go, I know Daniel's just mentioned about um, Delfonso and Gadetti, they were sort of they hadn't had that much loan experience. My personal preference would be to look for someone who's been out on loan to a Championship Club and done quite well before. Someone more in the profile of 
um, Alex Kachniklic last year who'd been out on loan at Watford and done well and then came towards and it didn't really work out for him but someone of that profile so I'm not saying this is a viable target but someone like Nathaniel Shalbar from Chelsea yep. who signed a new contract there and he's obviously highly rated but he's not going to get a game yet and he was at Watford last year Shalbar and did really well so someone in that vein who's been around he's got experience of the championship but he can also make a difference for us is that something you'd agree with, Thomas? Yeah, I would. Um, Shalabar was brilliant last season. Um, yeah, one of those. That's like a step up from from what I was saying. Really, you know, I think that's that would be a fantastic signing. Someone along those lines who's, who's been in the championship and done it. Because obviously, it's a bit of risk if they haven't. Um, fingers crossed. Because a signing in that kind of ilk would wouldn't be too shabby, really, would it? Yeah, well, we spoke on the podcast before about how these loan players can make a big difference if you get the right one. But obviously they are a bit of a risk. Daniel just said that the, we've had a bit of a hit and miss record in recent years. But obviously a couple of big success stories in players like Gary Cale and Jack Cook. So if you do get one right, it can make a massive difference. And I'm sure we'll all be keeping a close eye on that in the next couple of weeks. One name that has been mentioned that Adam and Paul have just brought up on the live chat is Michael Kiteley, who has been... Out on loan, various places, I think, made his name at Wolves, but he's had a lot of injury problems. He would be a, a wide option. Um, do you know anything about Kitely, James? Would that be a good addition, do you think? Um, I think he's a sensational player. I'd be, I'd be impressed if we could get him. I think, I think that'd be a good, be a good move if he's available uh, on loan. Yeah, I'm with James on that one. He's 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 not he's the you know he's the opposite end of having like some young Premier League um, lad in. He's got experience of promotion. He's got experience with the Premier League. He's got, he's, an, he's experienced in the Championship. So absolutely yeah. solid addition if we could get him. A fit Michael Kitely would be a, a fit, if Michael Kitely's fit and on, on his game, he he's one of the best players in the Championship. I'd say with his experience as well. It'd be he's a real sign. He's certainly one that could definitely make a difference, wouldn't it? And certainly as a, maybe a short-term or my wife's out, he's the sort of player who could come in, go straight into the team and make a difference. So, um, Sean, if you are listening out there, which I'm sure you are, Michael Kiteley, we're all in agreement, get that one done. And one final name to bring up is Joe Mason from Cardiff, who has been rumoured. Um, we're not absolutely sure if there's anything in that, but Malky Mackay was at the turf um, for the Preston game, I think it was. Um, there were rumours that they were looking at Kieran Trippier, but there's a possibility that Mason might be available because one of the done deals today is Odom Wingy going to Cardiff, so maybe Mason's been pushed down the pecking order there. Um, Joe Mason, I think, scored against us a couple of years ago. Is he someone you're familiar with, James? Um, I'm not, to be honest, no, but um, I mean, because Adam's pointed out, uh, Mackie Mackay and uh, Sean Dash are, are good friends. Well, that was the reason it was said that uh, Sean Dash was at Cardiff to see us last season before uh, he ultimately became our manager. Um, and obviously, you've got to look to the teams that have brought someone new in in positions and see who that's going to push down the pecking order to see if you can put in a cheeky long bit. Yeah, I think um, that is one of the more important factors of being a manager, isn't it? Especially in the transfer market, it's having contacts and Mackay and and Dash are obviously good mates, so maybe we'll see something happen there in the next few weeks. The Trippier deal doesn't seem to be a goal. It's apparently nothing was ever going on there. Um, I'm just having a quick look to see if there's any new news 
Ozil's deal to Arsenal hasn't gone through yet, so maybe something's gone a bit wrong there. Certainly nothing with Burnley. The deadline is at 11 tonight. doesn't look like we're going to be involved at all. But I think we'll be mainly happy that Trippier rings are still going to be here. Do you think that was fair, Daniel? Do you think keeping hold of those players was maybe the most important thing today? Oh, I, I'd, I'd be fuming if we lost Trippier now. Uh, it, that would that would certainly take the wheels off the season already. You know, um, he, he's one of the most irre- irreplaceable people in the squad. So, um, yeah, definitely need to keep hold of him. It doesn't look like anything's happening. It's, it looks like um, the, the Mackay thing was just he was he had a day off before the Accrington game. So um, Ennings as well, you know, I'm happy with we've got both of them. It, it would have really upset the apple cart if either of them had gone. I'm sure that with Austin being sold, the finances have been balanced for now, so there's probably no need to sell anyone. It would have taken ridiculous money, surely, James, rather than those to be sold today. Would be fucking. Yeah, probably think, five million upwards for either of those two players. I think we're not really in a position at the moment where we need to sell. Obviously, Austin was a little bit different. He uh, he was in the last year of his deal. You couldn't really not sell. And and now we've we've got that money in. I don't think it's you know you you'd take anything less than a silly bid. Absolutely, absolutely right. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, we are padding a lot bit here because I'm just waiting to see if anything's going to happen, but I don't think it is. Um, we'll round off then tonight with a, a quick fancy football league update. Um, we've got all the details for you to join these leagues on the website if you're not in them yet. Um, I can tell you, James, that you're still lagging behind in the bottom I'm half. I'm I had a terrible week. I mean, I've, I've, made some, I've got some transfers in my back pocket for this weekend, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I meant to do them on Saturday morning, but unfortunately I completely forgot. Don't so, talk to me about fantasy football. <laughs> oh my word! I've hit the worst squad imaginable. It's not even funny. I didn't notice your score, so I'm not sure where you are. I, I, have, I, I've actually, I haven't even joined the league, and I'm not doing because it's embarrassing <laughs> how how low it is. So, um, is it on, are you doing like the Barclays whatever fantasy dot uh, league yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one that uh, right. the not the league's wrong. So. Game week three is just finished, yeah. Yep, that was the one. The the game av- the the average of everyone is forty four points. The highest possible one was one hundred and one points, and I got twenty six points. And um, just as a matter of interest, how many points have you got all together? I'll be able to tell you where you will be in our league. I have a hundred overall, and 100. I am, and my overall rank in the whole thing, I am. Two million four hundred fifty thousand out of two point eight million people. <laughs> Do you want some more good news? Go on. If you were in our league, you would be bottom. You would be last. And I, I know. I've, I picked the absolute most dogger <laughs> fantasy football. You need to play I, wild card. I played my wild card this week, and it was a moderate success. Yeah, I've climbed. I, I, actually, I, I have. I have done my wild card, and that should be better. Like. I mean, I had Matter in, and before, obviously, he stopped getting played. Oh, God. We told us about Matter last week. We can't understand why he's not playing for Yeah, Chelsea. I mean, I, I lost my rag with Jose Mourinho last week. Me and Bloody Jose Mourinho. Week. What does he know? Play Matter. He's well good. I saw yeah, a rumour earlier he was going to Liverpool. <laughs> <I> had... <laughs> it's so over. 
<laughs> I, I know, I had David Luiz as well. He's not played a league game yet. Um, I had I had Santi Corzola as like my captain, and he's been all right, but not like set the world on fire. Um, no, I just I've just made some really dodgy picks. Just <laughs> it is my my low point total is literally just from getting zeros when I have like four players not playing. So. That's a disaster. Well, I can fill you in on how some other uh, known and ever contributors are doing. David Winty's up in ninth place. Adam Heap, who was on the podcast last week, is 12th. I'm 34th. James is 51st. Um, and the top three is John Waller in third, Ian Rosie in second, and Chris Shapland is still top. Um, Alex has been on as well about the Championship Fantasy Football. I haven't got the details for that, but we will um, put a link on Twitter again for those league details. We've got a couple of leagues going in different websites um, so we will get the details for that up on Twitter as well and don't forget to vote for your player of the month by using the hashtag ClaretsPOTM make sure you get that done by Wednesday evening and we will announce the results the following day I expect it's going to be between the Ings and Shackle but you might have other ideas, James went for Tracy so I'm sure we'll see a widespread um, array of votes that'll be interesting to see who comes out on top so unfortunately no transfer news involving Burnley today the big deals are Bale to Real Madrid and Ozil looks like he's going to go to Arsenal Fellaini maybe to Manchester United but that's not happened yet either I've been really disappointed I was, I've been practicing my Jim White impression I've not been able to use it there's been no transfers I'm really shall we pretend just pretend I don't, there's no point now I can't, there is. I can't go get on. the enthusiasm I can't get any enthusiasm for it I'm really upset. <laughs> it's transfer deadline day. Nothing's happening. I'm sure it's all going to kick off as soon as we go. But thanks for listening today. If you've got any feedback about the podcast, please do let us know. You can uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at net and use the hashtag NNMPod as well. Or you can email us, blog at net. We will be back next week, even though it's an international break. We're hoping to have a special guest that we are working on. I can't tell you who it is yet because it might not happen, but it will be well worth listening to if that does come off. It's a good one. So, we will be back. We, we cannot confirm that it's Bezart Barisha. It's it's not Bezart Barisha. I can confirm that that is not the case. <laughs> the speculate, wild speculation about who it is, but I can't tell you, I can't tell you. But we will be back next Monday at 7. Like I say, thanks a lot for listening. If you've got any feedback, get in touch. And don't forget to vote Clarets POTM on Twitter with your Clarets Player of the Month. We will be back next week at 7 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast. For more, visit nonaynever.net. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonaynevernet. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.